What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Hello and welcome back to Confident as Fuck. It is a solo episode. I have been pushed by my editor and while she's editing this to do more solo casts for you guys. And I actually think it's like super therapeutic because we're going to be getting into kind of just a life update. I was like, what the fuck do I want to talk about on this episode? And I need to update you guys on what is going on in my life. There has been so much happening. And I know if you guys are following over on Instagram at the confidence queen or at confident AF podcast, you guys have seen that there has been so much happening in my life right now. So I want to just get into it and give you guys an update. I wrote some notes, but this is going to be a super free form episode for you guys. And I'm excited to get into it. But I was like, why don't I do my segments? Because I have kind of taken this approach with my podcast where I really try to let the guest shine as much as possible, kind of like Joe Rogan style where he doesn't really give much about himself. And I love that style, but it means that I haven't shared like a weekly fave with you guys or like a confidence corner piece in a very, very long time. So let's get into that first. Okay, let me take a little sip of my drink really quick, and then I will get into a fave that I've been loving right now. (sighs) Okay, I have actually really been loving rosé. So you guys know I love tequila. I have not been drinking tequila at all, and I love my Prosecco. That has been like my fixation for alcohol for a very long time has been Prosecco, but I've actually been really loving rosé, especially like a sparkling rosé. That has been my favorite alcoholic beverage of the moment lately, and it really just is like summery, light. I don't really like to get like super drunk, and I feel like liquor now hurts my stomach as I get older, so Sparkling rose is where it's at. We're going to go. This is being recorded on the 28th of June. So when this is released, it should be after July 4th. So for July 4th, I'm thinking about making these kind of like mango rose drinks for everybody at the house. We're having people over um, and we're moving, which is part of my update. And I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but we're having people over for July 4th and I think I'm going to make those. So that has been like my fave lately is it just a good cold glass of rosé. And let me know you guys, what is your favorite like alcoholic beverage or just like summery alcoholic beverage? I feel like I want to play around with like summer drinks this year. I feel like that's really fun. I did that during COVID and it was really fun. So drop in the comments on the Instagram. I'll put up a little story for you guys. What is your favorite alcoholic like summer drinks that you like to drink during the summer? Okay, let's do a little confidence corner. Okay, confidence. My confidence corner for this week definitely has to be telling people what I need and also like accepting them giving me what I need if that makes sense. So like really communicating has been my confidence corner. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit later, but really just like accepting people giving me what I need without me having to say like, oh, I'm so sorry or apologize or say like, 
you know, make an excuse for why I need to accept their help. Like I just really have been practicing accepting people giving me what I need. And I think this really, really helps with an abundance mindset because people giving us what we need is like exactly what we want. Right. But then sometimes when people give it to us, we feel the need to kind of like turn it down first or to say like why we needed them to give this and give all this long explanation or downplay it in some way. But it doesn't need to be downplayed. Like I don't need to downplay that I am getting exactly what I want. Like I am down for that. So um, that has been my confidence corner. It's just accepting people's help and accepting people giving me exactly what I need. So let me know if you can relate to that. Let's get into the fucking life update. Okay. Lots has been happening. Good, bad, ugly in between. And I want to first start off with just June in general was just crazy for our family. So I have mentioned on this podcast a bunch of times that Renee's dad was very, very sick. He had stage four colon cancer. We found out in 2022, very early of 2022, that he had stage four. It was right out of the gate diagnosed as stage four. And man, it hit our family like a ton of bricks. And during that time from February or March of 2022, up until just recently, Renee and I had been and everyone in the family had been really just rallying around him and we'd been going to chemo appointments and Renee and myself specifically had been really like, we honestly put a lot of our life on hold. I looked back at the pictures from the last like year and a half and we spent so much time with my father-in-law and I was so, I'm so happy that we did, but we put a lot on hold and we really poured our, a lot of our life into his life. And we went to, like I said, we went to chemo appointments with him. We went to um, doctor's appointments. We went to go visit them a lot in their different houses that they were staying in, either in Mexico or here in LA. Sorry, my allergies, you guys. Um, But we spent a lot, a lot of time with him over the last year and a half. And then very, very um, slowly in the beginning of May... Renee's dad got put on hospice and then he passed away about a month ago, a month and a few weeks ago. And because we had put, Renee and I had put so much time and so much of our energy had been either taking care of his appointments or going with him to the appointments or simply just being there with him, which I would never want to take back. But all of that time going into that and then for him to be gone, it's a very, very strange feeling. It almost doesn't really feel real. And I want to talk about the different things that I've been personally feeling during this time of grieving his dad passing, because I only want to speak from my perspective. Um, Renee, obviously, has a different perspective and everybody in our family has a different perspective of this grieving process. But I don't see a lot of people talking about this. And I really wanted to give you guys what I've been feeling in this process. So like I said, there's a lot of emptiness feeling. There's also this feeling of two different types of guilt that I'm getting with this grief. And the first type of guilt is that he is not my dad. So why am I grieving so much? Like if I feel this sense of loss and if I feel this sense of pain 
from his passing, then I can only imagine what everyone else around me is feeling that's so much closer to, to him. And so maybe my feelings, if I feel too much grief or if I'm expressing too much grief, then somehow I'm taking away from the people that are closer to him, which I want to just also say that this is completely like, I feel like this is probably normal to feel when I was telling my sister this, she was like, that's completely normal, but it's just a perfect example that like, just because our feelings are taking up space doesn't mean that we're taking away from anyone else's feelings. And so even though this is about grief, we can translate this to any other feeling. Like just because I'm super happy about something great that's happening in my life doesn't mean that I need to take that down a notch, not to make other people feel uncomfortable. So I've been really been trying to practice feeling into my feelings and what do I actually feel and not regulating those or adjusting those for who I'm around, if that makes sense. So like I said, a little bit of guilt in that area of like, maybe like, why am I feeling so much sadness or why am I feeling so much emptiness regarding someone passing that is not my father? And allowing Renee's feelings to come forward as much as possible. The second guilt feeling that I'm feeling is that, like I said, we had so much time that we were giving to Renee's family and Renee's parents. And even after he passed, putting together the funeral and the funeral arrangements and, you know, all these different things that come with that, that now all of that has gone, right? And we should have, I should have especially, so much more time. Like when we were in the thick of it and we were going to chemo and we were traveling to Mexico almost every weekend. And then we were, you know, I was doing events last summer and I was trying to make time to be with friends. Like I was doing so much and still taking care of myself, being really, really present mentally in my business, like going to the gym every single day. Like we were on a good trek. And I think really what happened is we were in like go, go, go mode. And then when everything happened and we didn't have to be in that go, go, go mode, I started to feel really guilty. I started to feel like I should have so much more time. Like I do have so much more time to devote to these things like working out or you know, being more present in my business or reading or doing self-care or whatever it is. And I'm not excited to do those things. So all last week, I didn't want to go work out. I didn't want to move my body. I didn't want to really talk to anyone. I didn't voice message like at all. Um, And if you know me, I love a fucking voice message. That's why I have a podcast. I love to talk. I didn't want to talk. Like it was really a strange feeling for me to feel because not only did I, was I feeling that like sense of like, I don't want to do anything, but then I was also feeling guilty about it. And this week I have definitely moved out of that and it feels really, really nice. Um, but I want to touch on a few things with that. First of all, being that like, that is okay to feel that feeling, to feel that feeling of like, I don't want to do anything and I need to process that. The problem I think for me came in when I started to feel guilty about that, guilty about feeling that way. And I felt guilty for a lot of different areas. One, I felt like I should be doing more. I could be doing more, right? Like that feeling of like more work or more um, action equals more result kind of thing. 
Um, but I also like the one thing I didn't really feel too guilty about was my body. I knew I wanted to get back into like moving my body, getting into the gym, being good with like eating consistently throughout the day. But I felt guilty about it because I knew that that would actually make me feel better. And I wanted to get back to doing that because of that. But I didn't feel guilty like, oh my God, I'm going to gain all the weight back that I lost when I started this fitness journey again. Oh my God, I'm going to get like, you know, I can't fit in my jeans anymore. I wasn't like shaming my body or I didn't feel guilty that I was going to look a certain way. The only guilt that actually came up around my body was the fact that I knew it would actually make me feel better. Like I was starting to get like back pain, um, from like being in bed so much, like, um, not that I was like laying in bed all day, but you know what I mean? Like just not moving your body as much, like not taking my morning walks or doing my cardio. I started to actually get like physical pain. And I knew that the only way to actually cure that was to get up and go to the gym. I just had no fucking desire to do that. And so I really, like I said, I've been really trying to tap into like, what do I actually want to do? And I think that really helped me get out of that kind of like slump I was feeling in really, really quickly. Cause like I said, it's only been two weeks since his funeral services. And that's when this kind of feeling started to come on. I had about a week and a half of like no desire to do anything or to move or to like, like I was in bare minimum mode, but I came back from that very, very quickly in my eyes from where I've ever done before. And I think it's because I gave myself like full permission to just be in that state, like full permission to just be in that state of like, I don't want to do anything. Yes. Like I said, and I'm discussing here, like I did have a little bit of guilt, but I didn't use that guilt to try to push myself to do something that I wasn't really ready yet to do. And I think that's a really fine line to figure out where that is for you. But I definitely think that helped me go back into the gym and like go back into the gym this week with a feeling of, I want to fucking be here. Like I want to get into the gym. I want to go down and like walk on the treadmill. I want to go down and actually lift weights. It has been like a month since I've wanted to lift a weight. And you guys know, I love to work out. It is like therapy to me. So it felt so good because I actually wanted to get in there yesterday or Monday I wanted to actually do it. And I think that's the big difference that we have to differentiate within ourselves is like, am I doing this? Am I getting out of it my own way because I'm using guilt to shame myself into doing it? Or am I doing it because I actually want to? And what is enough time to let myself do the thing like sitting in bed or not getting up early or whatever it is? How long is that time period like enough? And when am I just using that? You know what I mean? Um, so that's what I've been feeling lately around grief and around that aspect of like that guiltiness feeling. And I wanted to give you guys an update on that because I haven't really been able to like even verbalize it until I talked to my sister yesterday. So that is that. And like I said, I was going to talk to you guys about moving. So all of that, on top of all of that, we are actually moving. So the apartment that we've been in here in Long Beach, we've been here for four years. We signed a two-year lease when we signed and then originally four years ago, and then we went month to month during COVID. And then now we 
And then we signed a one-year lease last year. And we knew like when we were going to sign last year, it was at the height of like the rental boom. And so everything was extremely, extremely overpriced. We looked at renting a house and they just wanted way, way too much for it. So we ended up staying here for another year. And honestly, like the, um, the lease came up really, really fast. I was like, holy shit, I can't even believe it's been a year. I thought about even just renewing here, but they wanted a little bit more for it. So I went out hunting for apartments. I found a really, really gorgeous apartment here in Long Beach. So we're staying in Long Beach, but it is so beautiful. I cannot wait to show you guys. Yeah, you guys should be able to see already on my Instagram by the time this comes out. If you go to my Instagram, you'll see photos of the apartment. It overlooks the Long Beach Ocean. It overlooks the Queen Mary here in Long Beach. It has Florida ceiling windows. It is a two bedroom in a high rise. And I am so, I'm so fucking excited and so fucking grateful to be moving there. Um, we actually chose a different apartment and I was literally about to sign the lease. And I asked Renee, like, do you want to come with me? Like, do you want to watch me sign the lease online? And he was like, oh, like, let me see the apartment one more time. And so I showed him and it was a different unit than what we're in now. And he was like, if we're paying money to move to a new place, I want an ocean view. Like I'm tired of the street view. So we got upgraded to an ocean view. So I can't wait to show you guys that. But with this move, something else I've been really experiencing with this move is it is more money to move into this apartment. And it is like, they say moving is the most stressful thing. And I think it definitely can be, but also like, you know, when you move, you have to do like a deposit, you have to pay for movers. Like there's a lot of in expenses incurred when you move, right? This new move is not only those expenses, but it's also another deposit. And this move has been pushing my money edges. Like I would say probably more than I almost ever have like it's almost the same feeling that I got whenever I moved to California with Renee for the first time when I moved to California with Renee I had come from my $600 a month apartment which was gorgeous I loved that apartment my $600 a month apartment I had moved one time on my own and gotten an $800 a month apartment. And it was so expensive for me. Like every single month I was barely fucking making it. And probably cause I had horrible spending habits too, as a 20 year old, of course, but I was like really, really pushing it with this $800 a month. And then I moved in with Renee and we paid, I think $1,200 for our apartment. Renee covered the rent for us for a very long time. Um, and I just got to like you know, do whatever with my money back then. And then when we moved to California, I remember like, remember I'm in Texas. I'm a Dallas, Texas, Southern Bell girly. Okay. So over a thousand dollars for rent already is mind blowing to me living in Texas, but Renee was covering the rent. I moved into his place. And so he was already paying that. And so then whenever we moved to California, when I was looking at apartments for us to buy, Renee was like, okay, um, you need to look for something under $2,000 a month. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like <laughs> you don't know anything. Like I'm going to find us something for $1,200, like the same as what we were paying in Dallas. And he of course just was like, no, like look for something under 2000. Like we want to find something like, you know, that's good or whatever. 
And we moved into our first apartment, which was $1,800 a month in Eastvale, California, near Corona and that area. And that $1,800 jump to me, even though it's doesn't seem that big, you guys have to remember this like eight years ago, but going from $800 that stretched the fuck out of me every month to $1,800 a month, even though I now have a partner who's like amazing and provides for us so well, it was a really big edge for me to push. I was like, I don't know how we're going to make it. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, I have to get to work right away when we get there. Like, I probably won't get paid for a few weeks because it's a new job. Like, all these things, right? I had no idea how the fuck I was going to do that. I didn't know how we were going to make it. And something I love about Renee is he always pushes me to push these edges. Like, he's always pushing me out of my comfort zone. And we're doing that again right? I'm pushing a really big money edge again. And I had to remind myself, like, don't you remember how you felt when you were 25 moving to California, moving across the fucking country and just saying like, we'll figure it the fuck out, signing the lease before ever even seeing the apartment vibes. Like you did that shit. You did that. So you can do this too. You have so much more underneath your belt. You have so much more knowledge. You have so much more money knowledge. You have so much more better care of your money. Like you and Renee are both working. Like you own your own business. Like it is, I had to gather that evidence for myself to remind myself what a badass bitch I am and how, even though this is a big up level, all I have to do is get in vibrational alignment with it. And something that Jaden said is that All we have to do is push our minimum standard, right? So right now I'm pushing the fuck out of my minimum standard for what a rental payment should be or what I should spend in a week or what I can collect in a week from our business, right? I'm pushing that edge and all I have to do is make that my new minimum standard. Like something that Michelle was telling me whenever we were talking about this over the last like month is she was like, you know what? Like you never let yourself down, right? Like we get into like, you know, an apartment and they say it's $500 a month. And somehow we come up with the $500 a month, right? Like that's just what you do. You just make it happen because it has to happen. And so that's what we're doing again. The number is just larger, right? The number gets larger year after year. And sometimes you grow and the number gets larger. And so it's like, when we're talking about money and pushing money edges, if you can look at it like that, if you can look at like, this is just my new minimum standard, this number is not attached to anything, this number doesn't mean anything about me, it is just what it is, then it makes it so much easier to alchemize. So that is the story with the move. We move on Saturday. I'm recording this on Thursday for you guys. We move on Saturday and we have a really busy weekend ahead of us. We bought a new couch, which is so exciting. That was a complete accident. But if you guys saw on my Instagram story, I accidentally bought this couch in full. I meant to finance it and I bought the couch in full. But you know what? Blessings and abundance mindset is all I have to say for that. So that is the move. I'm really fucking excited. The building is brand new. It's gorgeous. I cannot wait to move and I'm really excited to be there. Okay, let's get into things that I've been practicing lately. So things that I've been practicing, I talked about accepting help, but I want to go into this a little bit more. I've been trying to accept help when people offer. And typically 
I don't accept help. Like I'm a do it all on my own type of girl. And honestly, I like that because I like to do things alone a lot of the times. But I started to realize like with this whole move, right? Like I have to pack up our, our apartment and I really put that off, um, until after Renee's dad's services because I just couldn't do everything at once. And so I had to pack up the whole apartment in a few weeks and maybe two weeks. And anyways, I had a lot of people reaching out to me, a lot of friends and family saying like, Hey, if you need anything, or like, you want me to help you come over and pack, like I'm there for it. Renee even was like, Hey, um, get our cleaning lady to come help you pack. And I was like, I want to kind of go through the things on my own. I don't want to feel like if I'm paying someone to pack it, that I have to like hurry up and just throw things into boxes. I wanted to be intentional with like what I was going to get rid of and what I was going to keep. So, so I, accepted some people's help to come and help me pack things up, which was a really big first for me. So I had two of my friends come over, one one of Renee's cousins, and then um, one of our friends come over and help me pack up my kitchen on Saturday, last Saturday. And it was such a great experience. Like allowing, think about offering someone help if you're on the other side of this. Think about offering someone help and then you they say no And then you see how stressed out they are and how like helpless that would honestly make you feel like, oh, I offered them help, but they didn't want it. And now they're stressed out, right? So I have been practicing accepting people's help. The other thing I realized is that this move has me stressed for a lot of different reasons, but am I, I had to look at myself honestly and say like, am I using this overwhelm of packing to find another reason to stress so that I can be stressed about this move even though everything's working out just fine? Like, am I inventing my own issues here? Or like, am I aligning things or saying no to help so that I have a reason to feel stressed, right? And maybe I was, maybe I wasn't, but asking, I didn't even ask for help. Like all I had to do was accept it and tell people, sure, you can come over and help me on Saturday. That'd be great. But even saying that sometimes is still fucking hard. Like it still is like, oh, like what if they like weren't really saying it? Or like, what if they actually have something to do that day? Or like, what if it is too much or overwhelming? Or what if my house is dirty, right? Like we can come up with all these excuses. But in the moment when people, multiple people asked me that day, I just decided to say fucking yes, yes, please come help me. Thank you so much. And that was super, super, super helpful for me, not only because of the help, but mentally helpful for me. And the second thing I've been practicing lately is telling people and showing people that I appreciate them. So a lot of people were there for us during Renee's dad's chemo, Renee's dad's passing. And when those people are there for you in a time of need, when they are truly there for you, whether that's in the form of giving you space or that's in the form of them reaching out to you continuously or that's in the form of them just simply sitting with you or inviting you out to lunch or accepting your no to say no to lunch. However it is that they're there for you, when people are there for you, what I've been practicing lately is I've been showing them and telling them how much I appreciate them and then returning the favor. So like with family members, um, last few weeks, I've been reaching out to them more consistently, especially the people that were there for me or that I also know who, even if they weren't there for me, 
if I know they're going through a hard time, I reach out to them and I say like, how are you doing? Like I've been making more time in my day for actual reach out of family members, whether that be on the phone or a text or a voice message, whatever it is, trying to actually reach out and show people how much I appreciate them and really like show it, not just say it. You know what I mean? So I've been really practicing that. And then the last thing I've been really practicing lately is getting into a community. And whether that be online or whether that be in my own like community of people who are in my close circle or that be family, like making time to get into community and be really present in community. So like when I was with Renee's family lately, I've been really present. I've shifted around my work schedule and really like put my phone down and been really present in the moment with my community there at Renee's family. And when I'm online, I am engaged with my community, sharing about what's going on in my life so that people can know what's going on and so that I can also connect with people who have also been there and so that people can support me, right? I built an amazing community online and why would I not share with them what's going on so that they can support me? in that time. And so that I can support them if they've felt that way before. That's what the community is all about is supporting each other. So I've really been leaning into that aspect of leaning into my community, like leaning into the feeling of allowing others to support me and sharing my stories so that I can help others. So I've really been pouring into my community and feeling that support of my community. So if you are over there on Instagram, I just want to say thank you so much for all the beautiful messages. If you sent me a message, you even if you didn't and you saw it and you got something from any of my stories about Renee's dad, thank you so much. Um, it's really like mind-blowing to me still that I can meet strangers on the internet and then I can be friends with them. It's really, really cool. So speaking of community, I'm also right now in launch for Community Queens. So Community Queens is a course that I built all about community and how to build it. This can be online or in real life, but what we're teaching in that course, and we, I mean me, what I'm teaching in that course is how to figure out what community you want to build and then how to actually strategically build it. Now, this goes into like, what do you want your community to stand for? Like, who do you want in your community? And how can you use your content and your language to attract the people that are going to be wanting to be in that community like that? And then how to nurture them to keep them engaged in your community. Now, this obviously can help your business sales. But like I was just explaining, like, my community is not only about sales to me, my community is about connection. And so that's the biggest thing is a community doesn't have to just be for your online sales. Community can be for in real life support. It can be for online support. It can be for just knowing and feeling like, like we can build a business all fucking day online. We can build an Instagram business with all the best marketing and all the great things. And we could have billions of dollars in sales. But if you walk away from your business for a week, if something tragic in your family happens, like what happened to us, and your community doesn't know, like, and trust you, so they don't know what's going on, then it's going to be very, like, you may feel very stressed out from walking away from your business for a week. Or you may feel like, I can't share that part of what's going on in my life because 
my community doesn't know me like that or understand me like that. So building a community for your business online, yes, will increase sales, but it also allows you so much more. It allows you the freedom to be fully yourself online, to share what's going on online, to walk away from your business for a week or a month and nothing fucking happened to it for you to still be able to make money for your content to still be magnetizing for people that are in that community. So Community Queens teaches you all that and shows you how to get down to the bare bones of what you actually want in this community that you're trying to build either online or in real life. And that course is starting super soon. I think we're going to start on August 1st. There'll be a link down below for you guys so you guys can check out more information about what it is. But if you guys listen to a previous episode, it is three months. It is live every single week. We go into a different topic online in a Zoom call. We have a Telegram group chat so you can connect with more of the community queens in there. And yeah, it's a great course. Last time I ran it for four weeks and it was really, really jam-packed. And so I knew I wanted to extend it. So we've extended it to three months and we're also accepting Klarna payments for it now. So you can pay it off in four equal installments through Klarna. I love Klarna, Afterpay, ShopPay, all those things. So I connected that to my sales link for you guys. So you guys can pay it off through that. It is an amazing course. Last time I ran it, I had some really, really amazing results. And I was really, really excited that it got so much great feedback because I really wanted to run it again. So it is three months. Like I said, it is amazing. I can't wait. We're going to start on August 1st. There'll be a link down below for you guys. So you guys can check that out. I cannot wait to see you guys in there. I want to just say like, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for really being an open ear for me and this episode. I wanted to just, like I said, give you guys a life update, give you guys like what the fuck is going on and all these feelings that I've been having and sharing with like my sister and my friends and really put it into an episode for you guys. So I'm so happy that I could do this solo cast for you guys and so that and and that you guys receive it. Um, I know you guys, when you guys listen, you guys really understand me and I really appreciate that. So I want to thank you guys for listening to another episode. I love you so, so much. And until next week, I will see you next week.